Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. All right. So after a little bit of a hiatus, the howl is back here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Definitely lots to touch on as far as the NBA is concerned. Uh, we'll go into some of that in detail. And then we're also going to take a look at some draft prospects that could be potential good fits or good options for the Timberwolves. Uh, we'll start off, though. One thing that's kind of uh, come up recently is that the Delete 8, as it has been uh, famously uh, called, the teams that did not make it into the bubble, it sounds like, are not going to really have much for options as far as playing are concerned. Now, there's a chance that some of these teams are going to be able to have, let's say, mini camps or like little training camps of that nature. But to me, this is this is not good. This is really problematic for teams like the Timberwolves. I think there's some teams out there like maybe the Golden State Warriors that probably were at the forefront of this, but it does sound like players actually were surprisingly against this bubble. And of course, the league was a little hesitant in terms of the cost that you would have for the bubble. So that's another thing to consider. Money was a big issue. But if you're one of these teams uh, that are uh, younger, that are still building, trying to get chemistry with the the newer pieces that you have, and then of course, you're going to add into the mix the players that you're going to draft wolves, for example, have three draft picks. Will they use all three? Maybe they will. I mean, this is a draft that you could get some interesting players uh, in some cases, uh, solid role players. People like to talk about this draft, for example, not being very strong or very deep, but I would argue that it's very deep in terms of guys that can make an impact at some point. Lots to like uh, for me anyways, uh, as far as the draft is concerned. So uh, things to watch there, but, I think it's going to be problematic. If you're going to come December and we're expecting a team like the Wolves or a team like, I mean, there's a, there's a number of teams, obviously, that are in the same boat that haven't played in long periods of time, and you're going to jump right into an NBA season, there's no way 
that's healthy. I think it's super risky. And now players, I know that was one of their issues with actually doing this, was going to be coming back and risking their health in games that did not matter. But I would argue with these players, these games absolutely mattered. Because if you're not going to play for as long as these teams are going to be have absent or not be playing nine months, maybe even longer, because... Uh, who knows if it's really going to start in December? I think there's lots of things up in the air with that as well. And so I do think it's a big risk for these players, and I hope it goes well. I worry that it it won't. I do. I worry that it won't. But obviously, uh, I very, very much hope that there are no issues and that we don't see any uh, big injury concerns for the eight teams that did not get to take place in the bubble, and now it sounds like will not get any sort of bubble of their own. So I'm... I'm very nervous with that. I do think, and not just as a Wolves fan, of course I wanted to watch the team play, but this is, I think this is troubling. I, I do. I do think this could have some lasting impact on these eight organizations. Uh, aside from health risks, we're talking you don't have a chance to play competitive basketball and have some of your younger players take those next steps. There's a lot of question marks I have with this decision Time will tell what impact it has on these on these teams, but I do think it is going to be a negative one, unfortunately. As far as the real NBA bubble is concerned, one thing the Wolves did is get some great news as the Brooklyn Nets have made the playoffs. I believe that we are going to be having the 16th pick now just because they did not finish in the 8th spot. They finished in the 7th spot. Uh, the Orlando Magic finished in the 8th spot as far as the playoff race was concerned. There were... Some question marks, obviously, going into this, given the number of players that the Nets were without. But in the end, it really didn't matter, especially once you find out that Washington was missing Bradley Beal. There was little to no chance that that team was going to be competitive. And in the end, they were not. And the Nets have been surprisingly competitive. One guy that's really jumped out, uh, at least that I want to touch on, is one of my favorite players, a guy I was very high on uh, during the draft he was in, and that is uh, uh, Timothy Luau Cabarro, big fan of his uh, he did get to start one game, absolutely played amazing. He has not gotten, I mean, he's gotten consistent minutes, but he has not gotten consistent large minutes. But when they've been willing to give him those minutes, he has been successful for the Nets. Uh, you know, since he came in the league, he's definitely filled out in terms of strength, which is good to see. I've always been a fan of both of his uh, two-way potential as well as his ability to hit shots. And so I'm a huge fan of his, uh, just 22 years of age. I'd still think he's a very good prospect, and we'll see what the Nets end up doing with him. But, you know, I really like him, and I hope he uh, continues to be have some success. Not exactly amazing outside of those, like, two or three games that he had, but I, I do think he's going to be a, a good prospect long-term if he gets a good situation and gets minutes. I wouldn't, you know, hate it if he ended up leaving the Nets at some point. Uh, sooner than later, maybe going to a young team that was willing to uh, give him the necessary minutes, give him uh, the necessary playing time to really be able to hone in his game and just have that confidence. I, I saw one NBA reporter talked about what you get with Timothy Luau in those games where he was playing well is he had the confidence to know he wasn't just going to get benched. He wasn't going to get pulled. He had the confidence to know that uh, you know a few mistakes weren't going to kill it and he could just go out there and play and he was successful as a result. I do think that makes a pretty big difference, especially for younger players. So I'm, uh, I'm going to continue to watch that storyline as the NBA progresses. You know, the Nets probably aren't going to make much of a run. They'll likely lose in uh, the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, but stranger things have happened. 
So we'll see how that works out. Um, other NBA storylines to watch for. One thing that I continue to be frustrated with is when you see NBA players, most recent being DeAndre Ayton, missing tests. You're in the NBA bubble. That's it. You're, I mean, you're literally in an NBA bubble specifically designed to prevent coronavirus. How do you miss any of the testing that you have to take? I mean, they're going to test you. I believe it's on a daily basis. How do you miss it without having it be on purpose? Does that make sense? I mean, you're not sitting there in the bubble and all of a sudden you go, oh, my gosh, coronavirus. I forgot about coronavirus. Oh, I forgot about the NBA bubble. I forgot about getting tested. I mean, that's a you should have a daily reminder of those things as you're in the bubble, whether it's the people around you with masks on, whether it's the required social distancing, all these things. And on top of that, why are the teams letting this happen? If you're an NBA team, especially if you're the Suns, who at this point haven't lost a single game, and you're talking about the potential of maybe losing a player because he misses his test? How does that happen? I just, uh, to me, I, I don't get that. Uh, that's a frustrating aspect of the bubble to me is when guys have missed a test. I, I, to me, there's no excuse for that, uh, again, unless you're doing it on purpose, and, and there's really no reason for that. I personally have been tested. It's a little uncomfortable, but it's not the end of the world. And actually, the NBA, last I checked, had actually started using a very non-invasive test, which uh, is called, I believe, direct saliva. And so it's a, it's a different type of test, a lot less invasive and a lot less uncomfortable, I'll tell you, than the, the test that you would, uh, me and you would have be taking if we went to the hospital right now. So it's an interesting storyline and just something that, uh, as they say, grinds my gears a little bit, but not the end of the world. And ultimately, so far, the NBA has been very successful, and they have not had any positive tests, which is good to see since the bubble has started. That was going to be the real issue. How much were they going to crack down on players? How much were players going to hold each other accountable? Uh, right when the bubble initially jumped, there was uh, a woman on Twitter that mentioned that she had been contacted by a player to go into the bubble potentially. And, I mean, what a ridiculous thing that has been uh, to hear that. But that that's all we've heard. Nothing else really came of that, which is good to see. You know, there's been a few guys that have had issues. Lou Williams, obviously, going to get some wings at a strip club. He ended up uh, missing, a, I think he missed one real game and at least one of the practice games. And I think it ended up costing him like $110,000, if I recall, was the game check that he ended up missing out on. Those are some expensive wings or maybe an expensive lap dance, depending on how things went. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of money uh, to throw away uh, for that. Now, granted, apparently they were named after him is my understanding, but I'm sorry. I don't care what food you've named after me. I'm not throwing $110,000 down the toilet. To me, that, that's absolutely ridiculous. But you got to do what you got to do, I guess, Lou. And uh, that's an interesting storyline as well as the Clippers at times haven't been all that amazing. Same with the Lakers. Uh, some of the teams that we expected to be really good have have really not shown up necessarily. But I think you're talking about teams that already have it in the bag as far as playoffs. And so they didn't really need to go all in. Once the playoff starts, that's when we're really going to see what's going on there. I'll tell you right now, one team I really hope makes it in is the Phoenix Suns. I I am loving the fact that they're undefeated. They're a, a fun young team. And, and it's a lot of, uh, to me, this is one of the best storylines of the bubble. They're not a guarantee, though. That's the crazy part. They're undefeated right now, and they still might miss it. They are a game back from the Blazers, who have the nine spot. And they are a game and a half back, I believe, of the team in the eight spot. So that's going to be one of those storylines to watch. Will they make it in? It's going to be a close race. And it's all going to come down to the Blazers, whether or not the, they lose their next game. 
It's going to be close. And ultimately, if you're an NBA fan, if you are a fan of basketball in general, uh, unless, of course, you're a Grizzlies fan or a Blazers fan, you should be all in on the Suns making it because what a cool storyline. And I'd love to see how long this ride can go. My Timberwolves obviously are not in this bubble, so why not uh, uh, hitch my wagon to another young team that could be a lot of fun to watch? They've got some great pieces. Who doesn't love, by the way, one of my favorite players of all time, Ricky Rubio, who's been playing great for the Suns. You look at some of these other pieces. DeAndre Ayton's starting to come into his own. De- Devin Booker's been fantastic. You've gotten some Mikhail Bridges play that's been so good. Lots of things to like about this Suns team. And I, for one, am all in on watching them. And hopefully they can make the playoffs so we can all continue watching this storyline unfold. Now we're going to jump into a little bit of draft coverage. One thing that we had done in the past, as we had kind of looked at prospects that made sense for the Timberwolves, I've really started to dive into draft coverage, and a big part of that is my NBA draft radio show that I started a few weeks ago, Robin Hoop, and that airs on Wednesdays, actually, at a 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's uh, one thing to watch for. And then we actually have a re-airing on Fridays, or sometimes a brand new episode on Fridays as well. It just depends on how big uh, the week is for prospects and guests so what we do for that show by the way is every single week we focus on a single prospect and uh, some of the prospects we've done would be uh, Denny Avdia who obviously has been the most successful player we've seen in the simulations we've done for the Wolves and our most recent one actually was Paul Reed and those are going to be two of the uh, subjects that we're going to look at for this week's uh, edition of the uh pack prospects so we're going to do our best so wolves keep in mind have three draft picks and actually through our simulation for this kind of to get set up for everything we actually ended up having i believe an additional second round pick possibly so we've got some options there and what we are at right now is the draft lottery stage of the simulation now the reason that we're focusing on denny avdia and then paul reed is because I was having a conversation with another draft analyst and another Wolves fan recently, and we kind of came to the thought that what if you grabbed these toolsy, you know, players that can play multiple positions in Denny Avdia and a player like Paul Reed, and they fit the scheme, they fit what the Wolves want to do really well, and so both those guys could could jump right in and make huge impacts for this team. Paul Reed. Such a good defender, arguably the best defender in this draft class, will have the potential to guard positions one through five. Not a joke, positions one through five. And then you add to the fact that he discussed recently how he is really trying to expand his game, and he has started to uh, become uh, prepared for this NBA season with ball handling and dribbling. And if he can get that and add that to his game as a more consistent part of that game, now we're talking about a player that could easily not only probably guard one through five but he could play that three position so now we have position flexibility if you were to add Denny Avdia as well as Paul Reed into the starting lineup for the Wolves that would be a lot of fun to watch and and immediately as those guys are both good defenders in Paul Reed's case an absolutely elite defender they could take the the Wolves defense to a whole nother level granted it's a low bar we were very very bad defensively but that's kind of an interesting storyline as well, and that's why we're diving into those players. And then we're going to hope to grab some other guys that I've started doing uh, deep dives into for my other show, and that would be players like maybe Grant Riller, Desmond Bain, Tyrell Terry, uh, some other guys. And now we ended up going with the Crow's Eye. That's the draft class that we ended up using, so that's the user class we used. 
And normally we actually use the uh, OES Entertainment. It's been one of the big ones that we've used. So we're going to try out a little different one, this one. And we actually, uh, it worked out really well. So in this simulation, the Wolves ended up with the, we're at three right now as far as lottery odds, which gives us the best shot at the number one overall pick, which is exactly the spot that they are in in real life. So it worked out really well there. So we are going to uh, jump in here. Uh, at 14 is supposed to be the Thunder here. Now, granted, some of these picks are probably going to be different than they are in real life. Some of the teams are going to be different. There's nothing we can really do about that. Uh, and then at 13 is listed the Spurs, and the Spurs are staying at 13. We hope no one moves up. That's going to be the biggest killer is if someone jumps ahead of us. At 12, we have the Suns, who are still at 12, which is good. So, so far, so good. Uh, nobody has jumped ahead of us, and, and that's pretty standard. By the way, the actual NBA draft lottery is going to take place in the near future. So uh, at the time of recording this, it is August 11th. But we actually have the draft in or draft lottery in nine days. So on the 20th is when the NBA draft lottery is going to take place. Wolves with the best odds for that number one pick, of course, tied with other teams. Here we have pick number 10, and still nobody has moved up. Pick 10 is the Miami Heat. Pick 11, by the way, was the Indiana Pacers. At nine, we have the Nuggets. That's a little surprising, but the Nuggets are at 9, and they have not moved up. Oh, it's because they got the pick via Houston, I guess, which begs the question, how did Houston get here? Uh, but that's another story. Then you have the Kings at number 8. Are they staying or moving up? They are staying. So now we are at pick 7. Uh, so far, so good. The The pick I always worry about is pick 6. For whatever reason, historically, oh, I should have worried about pick 7 as, wow. So the Wizards and the Cavaliers have moved into the top 4. That says that's about as bad as it gets. So here we have it, pick six. It is the Hornets. All right, so we are guaranteed to be top five. I guess uh, hooray for us. Uh, right now they have us slotted at five, which is not great. Are we going to pick at five? And we are not, which means we have moved into the top three, I believe. I believe. Oh, sorry. Nope, we could still be at four. All right, do we pick at four? No. We do not pick at four. So I was right. We do move into the top three, and that's huge for us. So now we have the, uh, for whatever reason, I, I don't get how this works, but they have us listed as being the, uh, we have the best chance at pick number three. I don't think that's actually correct, uh, but we'll see. And we are picking at pick number three. So there you go, pick number three. And we also have the, uh, the 24th pick, apparently. So we actually have a worse pick uh, than we originally were hoping for. Because I guess the Nets must have been the Nets must have been pretty good. So twenty fourth, you know what it is? It's because we did not have I believe we had injuries turned off, and because of that, you have of course both uh, Kyrie Irving and uh, Kevin Durant were on that team, and so that kind of uh, puts a, a damper on that. But we still have a a good positioning in this draft class, and maybe we'll make a change and move us up to pick sixteen or so just to see what happens there. But again, we're only trying to get. Paul Reed and Denny Avdia, we should be able to get both those players at the positions that we are at and go from there. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. This is The Howl, and we are back from what had been a little bit of a hiatus since our last episode, but now we are all in on Wolves basketball coverage. So here we are just before the draft. We're actually at the pre-draft workout stage, and I was kind of curious to take a look at how this draft class that was made is uh, shaping up in terms of do I do I think it really fits uh, the bill? Do I think it makes a lot of sense? 
Have they played to the player's strengths? And is it is it done well? And that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Uh, some interesting things just right off the bat. Uh, Obi Toppin is 26th according to the, the the according to the Draft Express rank. Lamelo Ball 18th. Uh, James Wiseman third. So uh, some interesting uh, kind of tidbits there, I guess you could say. I'm not sure uh, how I feel about some of those rankings. Again, I don't know if that speaks to the actual quality of the player or if it's one of those things where it just it just kind of is off a little bit as far as rankings are concerned. So that's going to be some you know kind of one thing we're going to look at just to get an idea of uh, if this makes sense, if it's accurate. Because uh, once you really start diving into this draft class, you can you can kind of get a feel for the different players, where they stack up, rank, uh, strengths, weaknesses, that sort of thing. So that's kind of where I'm at with this. And so we're going to take a look here at least uh, to get an idea. So, uh, again, starting off, they have the top-listed player as Anthony Edwards. I have no issue with that. He's not my top-listed player. He's not my. He's not top my board, but I don't have an issue with him being number one. Uh, the other guy that jumps off is Killian Hayes at four, uh, 2K rank two. No issues there. Uh, Toppin at 26 is probably a little low. Uh, 2K rank is 19, and so that could be uh, a, a, a better representation, I think, of where I'm going to have him when it's all said and done. I definitely don't have him right now as a top 10 guy. I do have him later than a lot of people do, given I don't really believe in his defense. And so watching this, uh, I do think uh, this is probably more accurate than some people would think. Now, the one thing I'll say is the Draft Express rankings don't actually match up with the players that are best. For example, number two is listed as Cole Anthony, and so that's not actually accurate to the best overall player. So if we actually search by overall player, we get a better understanding of, of who's good and who isn't. So the best players, it looks like we have listed here, would be you know Anthony Edwards, Killian Hayes. I, I'm going to disagree with uh, whoever made this specific. Um, I think it's Crow's Eyes the one we went with. James Wiseman being as good as he is, I... I'm not buying it right now. LaMelo Ball, I, I'm a huge fan of his. Obi Toppin, just uh, you know, too high. Isaac Okoro, uh, they're very high with him, which I, I think is very, very good. But there's definitely going to be some players on this list that need to be better than they've made them. So, for example, Denny Avdia being a B, that's ridiculous. He's number one on my big board right now. Makes zero sense uh, for him to not be one of the top prospects in the class. So that's uh, unfortunate there. Uh, Devin Vassell is pretty low. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in this draft class, so that's a little unfortunate. Paul Reed is actually, uh, he's a B overall, which that's actually not bad. That's probably that's probably okay, uh, so I guess I'm not too upset about that. But some of this is going to probably have to be altered just in terms of the players themselves. But for the purposes of what we're doing, we're probably just going to leave them as is just because we don't have the time to just go in and alter everybody that has an issue. So we'll probably just leave it and uh, hope we can maybe develop some of those skills that we know that they're actually uh, good at. So jumping in to the NBA draft now, where, again, the goal is to get Paul Reed and Denny Avdia. So based on how good each player is listed, we should have no issue getting Denny at the first pick and then getting Paul Reed with our second pick. So here we go. Let's take a look at if they are available. Now, there are players that technically are better based on this draft class. So we could go that route, but we're not going to. The goal is to grab the players we specifically wanted to target that fit Rosas' vision. That's one thing we, you know, I can't say enough. These are players that fit Rosas' vision. I get so frustrated having these conversations over and over again with people that say, oh, Akongwu, Akongwu would be such a great fit for the Timberwolves. He would be a good fit if that's what we wanted to do, but that's not what Rosas wants. 
And that can the same argument can be made for so many other players that people have tried to uh, force feed uh, down my throat. And I'm sorry, but it's just not going to happen. There's players that fit and there's players that don't. And these are two players that absolutely would be perfect in the situation that we're actually building up. And we did get both those players, so that's very cool to see. Let's go to our next pick, which is the 33rd pick. And I think we might have one more after that. I guess we'll see. Uh, we, have been, we have some trade offers for our pick. Let's just see what they are. Let's take a look. Uh, so for pick three in the second round, we can get two second round picks from the Sixers, two from the Bucks, two from the Celtics. I think you see where we're going with this. It's just really good teams offering us bad picks. And so we're going to turn that down, and we are going to see who's actually available. Guys I would actually look to target at this spot in the draft would be players like Grant Riller if he was available. Desmond Bain would be a really good option. Uh, one guy that actually is available that I, I, me personally, I think is ridiculous. I don't see how he's going to be here. Would be Tyrell Terry. That that seems pretty unlikely, if you ask me. I'm curious. Uh, Trey Jones would be another interesting prospect. I really like Trey Jones, not just because he's from Minnesota, but I like a lot of what he brings to the table. So he's a very solid player. Let's take a look and see who actually grabbed oh never mind there he is Desmond Bain so uh let's do that we're gonna grab Desmond Bain with our next pick uh one of my absolute favorite players in this draft class he is a little older and I think honestly to me that's the only reason why he's likely gonna go in the late first um or maybe in the 20s early 20s I guess but some people have said second round I I personally think he if he was younger so right now I believe he's 22 years of age if he was 19 I think he would be in the conversation for the first overall pick that's just me. That's 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 kind of how I'm thinking things will go, but that's how good I think he is. And so uh, time will tell on his career, obviously. But this, if the draft, if this somehow was the draft the Wolves had, it would be astronomically good. Now we do have another pick. I don't know which pick we have here. It is honestly, it might be the last pick in the draft. Let's go to round number two. It is not. No, it's earlier than that. Oh wow, it's quite a bit earlier. We ended up getting the wow the seventh pick in the second round is massive. So that's a, a huge pick to have. And, and I, I, initially, initially, I was probably not going to pick all these players, but at this point, we might as well keep them all. Okay, so there is a player that's really, really good. Devin Vassell is still technically available. I'm not going to take him. Uh, as much as I'd love to have him on this team, that's, that's not a guy that's going to be available here. I mean, he just won't be. Now, uh, a player like Daniel Arturo, he would be available, and he gets pretty good. We've done some simulations with him. Uh, Tyrell Terry, again, would be a really nice option as far as shooters would be concerned. Because I think it's possible, technically, he could be available here. I don't think he'll be, but it's technically possible. I'm going to grab Tyrell Terry. Uh, we'll grab him as the pick. This would be, I mean, as good as a draft could be. They say uh, they're very high on Tyrell Terry is basically uh, what I can say about what the recommendation they give after we took him. And so that's going to do it for this draft. Probably one of the best drafts we could possibly have. We are going to sign all of these players. Uh, in fact, let's see, going over the overall. So Denny Avdia is 74, Paul Reed 72, Desmond Bain is a 72, and Tyrell Terry is a 73. So that's awesome. We were able to lock those guys up, and we'll probably do some editing, not to the players themselves, but we will do some editing to their contracts just to make sure that we can actually lock them up because we'll go with the, uh, the Gupta special, as Wolves fans know it. That's the contract we offered to players like uh, uh, Nas Reed, and so that's the kind of thing we would look to on Jalen Noel as well. Those are both those kind of those, um, you know, the four year deal, but it's like, you know, lots of play or lots of team options. And so we'll probably do something like that. 
uh, going forward. So we'll do that. And we're going to see what else is available in this offseason. Now we're jumping into the uh, team and player options. So Jalen John- or James Johnson accepts his, his player option. Not surprising, and I'm, I'm happy. We are going to decline Omari Spellman. And uh, we had technically made a trade for Caleb Swanigan. I am not going to keep him, although I was a big fan of his coming out of college. Just hasn't worked out for him so far. And then we do accept, of course, uh, the two-year team option for Josh Akogi. So very cool to see there. Grab those guys, and then we jump into the qualifying offers. Keelan Martin is the only player with a qualifying offer. I'm a huge Keelan Martin fan, and I like a lot of what he brings to the table. But because of the way the draft went, I'm not going to offer him the qualifying offer. We're going to move on from him because we just don't have a lot of room. In fact, uh, let's take a look. Right now we have 16 players on the squad as we enter the moratorium. So let's take a look at Trade Finder, and we'll see uh, who who's on the list here that we can probably move on from that really doesn't make a lot of sense. So we do have Russell, McLaughlin. Obviously, we're keeping them. We now have Tyrell Terry. Malik Beasley, uh, we did re-sign him. I think Jalen Noel in our system right now, and based on who we already have, is going to be the guy that's going to be the odd man out. So let's see what we could get for Jalen Noel. For me, if I could get a second-round pick, I think that would be likely uh, the kind of the best scenario that we could probably hope for. Looking at some, uh, Alan Smoljic was offered to us. Again, we don't want another player. Wouldn't make a lot of sense for us to do that. It looks like, okay, so a second-round pick unprotected, and Jalen Noel gets us Miami's uh, swap best Houston pick, I guess, uh, in the first round. So that's even better. Very cool to see that. We are going to make that trade, and boom, just like that, we're down to 15 players. We don't really have any room, I don't think. Let's see who we want to get rid of. So we do have Russell, McLaughlin, and Terry. Shooting guards, we have Beasley. And then, of course, Terry can play some shooting guard. So could Russell. You then have small forwards, Akogi and Culver, Lehman, Avdia, and Bain. All those guys have position flexibility, so we're really good there. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Jake Lehman is probably the odd man out if I'm looking at this roster. Power forwards, we have James Johnson, Juan Cho, Hernan Gomez, Paul Reed, and Jared Vanderbilt. I like Jared Vanderbilt quite a bit, by the way. I really hope he ends up sticking on this team. Absolutely dominated the G League, and so there's a lot to like about what he brings to the table, and we'll see if uh, he does end up sticking with this roster, but I really, really hope he does. And then, of course, centers Nas Reed and Carl Towns. So the guy that's probably, like I said, going to be out I mean, is Jake Lehman. In real life, he's one of the best fits on this team. And so that's my only concern there. Jarrett Culver, I don't want to give up on him just yet. I think it's a little too early. So I think what we'll do is we'll just keep it. We're not going to make any changes. We'll keep that as the roster. We're actually going to skip free agency, and we're going to jump ahead to next season, and we'll come back at you when we get to that point. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing in a Channel, and we are the Howl, your source for Timberwolves Radio. All right, so as we're jumping back into the simulation, I want to kind of go over the players that we just picked up. But first, what we'll do is we'll go over the roster and the positions. So D'Angelo Russell, Jordan McLaughlin, Tyrell Terry, and then we actually have two-way player, uh, former Minnesota guy, Shamori Pons, shooting guard Malik Beasley. But, of course, we have other players that play the position as well. Small forwards technically listed as small forwards anyways. Josh Okogie, Jarrett Culver, Jake Lehman, Denny Avdia, Desmond Bain, and then power forwards James Johnson, Wancho Hernan Gomez, 
Jared Vanderbilt, and Paul Reed. We actually sent our four rookies to training camps. We did not spend anything on uh, the other players that were already on the team. So, you know, Jared Culver, Josh Okogie, we did not invest in them at this stage. And so we're just kind of just having fun with it and trying to take a look at the specific guys we drafted. And then centers, Carl Towns, Nas Reed, and uh, we actually have two-way prospect Marcus Bolden. So kind of interesting there. And then uh, as we take a look at the roster, let's take a look at the players that we just picked up. So Tyrell Terry. Let me go over what Tyrell Terry is. And I actually would say these are players that on my other show, Robin Hoop, we actually went in-depth on these guys, had some great interviews. I encourage you to check that out as we have actually focused on all of these players uh, that we ended up drafting. So Tyrell Terry, arguably the best shooter in the draft. He does need to get stronger, but... You know, that's just that's just something that people like to say when it comes to the draft. But for me, the reason I'm saying it is because if he's going to be a good finisher at the next level, I do think he needs to get stronger. If he's going to be a good defender, he needs to get stronger. So there is a reason why I'm saying that. It's not just a generalized, oh, young guy has to get stronger. I do think he needs to get a little stronger for those specific parts of his game. But a great shooter, actually a, a pretty good passer. Very, I would say that's one of his underrated skills. Better passer than he gets credit for. And again, a pretty good defender. So that's what you're getting with Tyrell Terry. As we move on to Denny Avdia, he is just like Desmond Bain, actually. Both those guys are, are some of the uh, most well-rounded players in this draft class. Now, Desmond Bain is probably, I think Desmond Bain's probably uh, more well-rounded than Denny is. I just think Desmond Bain is very, very good in, in a number of different levels. But again, age is the big difference maker. If Desmond Bain was 19, things would be different. And actually, looking at this, the way this was made, whoever made this draft class made the draft class wrong. Desmond Bain is actually listed as 19 years old, which... Now my question is, why did teams not take him sooner? That's very strange, the way this is set up. So one of those things where we, we, we talk about this all the time here on The Howl, and I've talked about it on Robin Hoop, but we're likely going to go and make our own, uh, maybe when, for, probably for 2021, so for uh, 2K21, the next, the next version of 2K that's going to come out uh, you know, in a month or so. Maybe we'll make a draft class for that. Maybe we'll start to get into that. It's a lot of work, but um, I think it's a lot of fun, and, and it's nice to get some accurate draft classes. Uh, kudos to the guys that have taken the time to do this. I just think at times they're not as accurate as they could be just in terms of player A, player B, you know, whoever the players. I think sometimes the rankings are a little goofy, and they don't always dive into the strengths and weaknesses of the player properly. In this case, they don't have his age correct, which I do think makes a difference. So we're going to go in, and it's very simple, by the way. If you just go to your roster, you can click on the player, and then you actually have the ability to change their um, different skills, uh, different aspects, change their birth year, which is what we're doing. So that way we have him uh, listed at the correct age uh, for him so there you go as we jump out of that so Desmond Bain let's go over Desmond Bain aside from his age which we've obviously gone over now uh, the thing that you want to realize with Desmond Bain is he's a very good defender he's a very good shooter and uh, actually looking at the way they have him made in this draft class they did not do a very good job uh, just in terms of the specifics so he's not a great perimeter defender and they have him as a uh, they do have him as a pretty good three-point shooter B plus and is his potential is a B plus after sending him to a training camp so Again, there's stuff to like about him, but one of the better overall players, very good passer. One thing that I've had pointed out to me is that maybe while he's a really good decision maker, he doesn't make those decisions in a timely manner, and that could hurt him at the NBA level. So something to watch for there, but very good overall player. 
And then we have Paul Reed. Paul Reed is absolutely fantastic. What makes Paul Reed so incredibly good can guard positions one through five, and he's going to be able to, if he can continue that development as a ball handler, and maybe maybe develop. I had someone point out they think he's a pretty good passer. I haven't really seen that, and the stats don't necessarily show that. So I'm not all in on him as a passer. But if he can become better, at least as a ball handler, I think uh, in time he could be a decent passer. I don't think he's a bad passer. I just wouldn't put that as a strength. And again, can guard one through five, arguably the best defender in this draft class. So if you're wondering what we got out of this draft class, that would be it. So lots to like there. And then we're going to jump into the simulations, come back at you either at the trade deadline or at the end of the season and see how this team is doing. You're listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. All right, so this Wolves team finished pretty pretty solid, 36-46. and 46. Going over the superlatives, MVP was Giannis. LaMelo Ball is your rookie of the year. You have sixth man of the year, DeMarcus Cousins. Defensive player of the year, Kawhi Leonard. Most improved is John Morant, which is crazy. And uh, coach of the year is Brad Stevens. The uh, Brad Stevens actually just signed a contract extension, so good for him. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, by the way, first team All-NBA. How about that? So clearly something we did uh, obviously worked out. Uh, no one else made that list, and no one on the defensive team either. All-rookie, nope, no one made the list, probably because we didn't have anyone playing enough minutes is my guess. And did we make the – we must have just missed the playoffs. So let's take a look at the standings, league standings, and go to the Western Conference. And we are 36-46. and 46. We missed it by one game. So we missed the playoffs by one game. Uh, the eight seed looks like was the Houston Rockets. So we were close, but it just was not there. Let's see, um, let's see who ends up taking the cake. By the way, we had an interesting thing with the roster, actually, and that was Shamori Pons all of a sudden became a monster. 80 overall, 22 years of age. He was a 68 or a 69. I've never seen him get that good. So I don't know what it is, but he became absolutely incredible. And uh, that that uh, that was very surprising to me. Some other guys definitely took some jumps too. Marcus Bolden uh, took some a jump. He's all the way up to 78. Actually makes you question in this uh, scenario whether you want to hold on to Nas Reed, who actually got worse. So that's, uh, that's an interesting statistic. Uh, Desmond Bain is angry. And so he did drop a little bit. Actually, he dropped four. He was actually all the way up to a 76 or a 77, it looks like. And he dropped quite a bit. Uh, Denny's moved up, which is good. But some of these guys are mad. And if you win, that makes a huge difference. Because Carl Towns even isn't great. And he's not super happy. Um, obviously, he is a great player. But just his morale is, is not, not exactly jumping off the page. Uh, Shamori Pons is interesting because he's so good now. I don't think we're going to be able to keep him, though. And we do have Jordan McLaughlin under contract uh, for a number of years. So we don't need to keep Shamori Pons if we, if we can't. But I think if we had the option to keep one of the, uh, you know, if we had an option to keep him, I would probably look to do it just because he's already better at this stage than Jordan McLaughlin. But, of course, Jordan McLaughlin is going to be the uh, more realistic of the two, given we already have him and we're trying to uh, re-sign him, is my understanding. It just hasn't happened yet. I know uh, one Wolves reporter talked about how the Wolves just didn't feel there was a sense of urgency, which I was a little frustrated by, if I'm going to be honest. The two-way guys that were getting picked up uh, this, not really offseason, but during the break, and I was expecting the Wolves to do that, and they did not. So a little frustrating, if you ask me. The champions are the Boston Celtics, who beat the Lakers four games to two. We are in the offseason now. We'll just kind of skip through most of this stuff, and we'll probably come back at you around the maybe the draft. We'll just see kind of uh, where things work out. And actually, we'll quick do the draft lottery. I'm curious to see how the team actually stacks up 
if we do have a pick and we actually looks like we might have traded the pick. I don't remember doing that. Oh, that's right. So as part of unfortunately, as part of the the trade we made with the Warriors, uh, they have the potential to get our pick, and they do actually. Um, because uh, it was number 11. So they get our pick, but we had actually made a pick with the Rockets, and so we have the 14th pick, so it doesn't really hurt us necessarily. We do still have a lottery pick, so it's not not the end of the world. And I do believe we traded for a second-round pick also. So that would be one thing we can watch for as well, and hopefully that works out in our favor. So we'll come back at you uh, probably around the draft or maybe at the start of next season to go over the roster. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing in a Channel, and we are the Howl, your source for Timberwolves news and notes. All right, so we're at the start of the next season. Not a huge uh, change to the team. We were able to re-sign uh, Shamori Pons just on the one-year qualifying offer. So now we're, we're absolutely stacked at point guard because you're talking Russell, Pons, McLaughlin, and Terry. And then shooting guard, just Malik Peasley, but obviously we have guys that can play multiple positions. Culver, Akogi, uh, Denny Avdia, we have Desmond Bain, and then we have two-way player Craig Stone. Power forwards, we ended up drafting Isaiah Todd. He was the best player available. And so we once we picked him up, we didn't have to try to re-sign uh, James Johnson. And so we have Todd, Erin Gomez, and Paul Reed, and Sheldon Hines is our two-way prospect. And then centers Carl Towns and Marcus Bolden. We decided not to, not to keep... Uh, Reed, or sorry, yeah, not to keep Nas Reed, and then uh, we stuck with uh, Bolden on the one-year qualifying offer. So we'll see how that works out, but he's definitely a better player in the simulation right now uh, than Nas Reed was. So I do think we've got a very good team in terms of depth, and it just matters uh, how the team actually plays uh, going forward. But I think I like our chances to be a decent squad. Uh, Started the season off with a win over the Thunder, and... uh, a loss to the Suns. Speaking of the Suns, actually, something I want to touch on briefly is it's crazy to me that the Suns are likely going to be undefeated. So they're actually playing right now as I'm recording this, and they're going to be undefeated in the bubble, and they're likely going to miss the playoffs. The only way at this point they can make the playoffs is if somehow the Blazers lose to the Nets. Now, the Nets have played really well, but don't get me wrong, but I just I don't see it happening, which is unfortunate because I really wanted to... I'll say this. I was hoping the Grizzlies would lose today. They were playing the Bucks, obviously without Giannis, because for anyone that's not aware, Giannis decided, I think I'll headbutt somebody. And so he was suspended for the game. Although, as I've, I've talked to others on Twitter about this, I do think uh, suspending someone for a game that literally doesn't matter is basically not suspending someone at all, especially considering he probably wouldn't have played or maybe he would have played sparingly. And so, uh, to me, bad look by the NBA. I mean, I'm a Giannis fan for good reason. He's one of the best players in the NBA. So much fun to watch. But he headbutted a guy. He should have been suspended. And he should have missed at least a playoff game. I mean, if we're really going to do something, then it should have been an actual suspension. I mean, that's that's my personal opinion. That's where I'm at with that. But so anyways, the Grizzlies beat the Bucks, uh, you know, sans Giannis. And now we're talking about the night game. It's going to be Nets versus Blazers. And Blazers win, and they move on to the playing game. And if the Blazers lose then it's the Suns. And so I'm sorry, but as much as I think this Dame Lillard story is awesome and it's fun to watch, the Suns are undefeated in the bubble. No team is playing as good as they are, and I want to see them continue to play. I think they're a ton of fun. They have one of my favorite players in the league in Ricky Rubio. So much fun to watch this Suns team. And my Wolves, you know, our Wolves are not in this, and so I got to pick a team to root for, and it's going to be Ricky Rubio and the Suns, and hopefully they can continue this. Now, fortunately for some Wolves fans uh, that don't want to see the Suns have success, and I I understand it from the perspective that you want Devin Booker on the Wolves. 
it's probably just not realistic. You'd have to give up so much. And Devin Booker's playing amazing basketball right now. They're talking about how if you're picking the MVP of the bubble, or at least the MVP of the, the game so far, they've talked about how it would likely be Lillard 1 and Booker 2. And there's probably some people that would say Booker 1. He's been that good. And so... To me, it's just not realistic that Booker's ever going to be on the Timberwolves, as unfortunate as it is for some people. I personally like the direction we have right now without Booker. I'm a huge Beasley fan. He's a lot cheaper. And again, I'm not saying Malik Beasley is, is Devin Booker, but he's a very, very good shooting guard. One of the best shooters in the league right now. I mean, what he demonstrated in the time here uh, after that trade was very high-end basketball, especially shooting. And so I want to see what this does. I don't want to give up the farm. You know, I don't want to get rid of half the team to bring on Devin Booker. And now we're talking about a uh, you know some people want to call it a big three of towns of russell and booker but who's playing defense in that group and if we have to get rid of our our good young players that are defenders you know whether it's a kogi culver guys of that nature i mean we're just <laughs> to me that's not a great look what i want to do is keep the roster as is and add some good young pieces that play some defense give me denny avdia give me maybe desmond bain give me oh wait Paul Reed, give me the guys that we actually ended up grabbing in this simulation, and let's see what happens. So right now, by the way, the Wolves are 18-22 and 22 as we are uh, kind of second half of January. So we're basically playing right around 500 basketball. We're probably on pace to basically finish with around the same record we finished with last season, which would not be ideal, but we're still very young. And so it's not... To me, it's not completely surprising that we really haven't hit our stride yet. It was We knew this was going to be a bit of a project with what we're working with. Uh, Ryan Saunders obviously has done a pretty good job so far in these simulations. But, you know, we are, we're going to see if they uh, end up making the playoffs this year. I think they have an outside opportunity, but it's not looking great just considering where they're sitting right now. 21 and 25 after a close loss to the Mavericks. Now they got a couple games that would be huge to win because they're probably fighting against some other playoff teams. And uh, two losses. So you lose to the Spurs, you lose to the Blazers, and now right before All-Star break, we have a game against the Nuggets, which we do. We actually win that game, surprisingly. Let's take a look, actually, at the All-Star selections. I'm kind of curious to see if uh, Carl Towns makes it. It looks like, yep, Carl Towns does make the All-Star game, which is cool to see. No one else makes it, but that's not too surprising. I mean, maybe you'd see uh, D'Angelo Russell make it, but uh, it did not happen, at least in this simulation. 22-27 and 27 is the record at the All-Star break. Let's take a look at the standings to see where we're sitting. So Western Conference, and we would be, oof, we are a few games out. We are, well, it's not that bad. We're about three, two or three games out of being in the playoff race or being in the actual playoffs as being the, one of the better teams. Uh, the best team in the Western Conference is actually the Portland Trailblazers, and the Mavericks are right up there. So I don't feel so bad that we just lost to those teams because uh, they're obviously two of the better teams in the league. Looking at the roster, is there anyone that makes sense to move on from as we are going through this simulation? So looking at our point guards, they're all fairly happy, actually. Jordan McLaughlin's mad. He's actually salty. He's not really playing anymore. And that's because even Tyrell Terry has actually surpassed him. And so maybe we look to move on from uh, Jordan McLaughlin if we can get some sort of a, a good value for him. The only downside is we do have him under contract, and we're likely going to lose Shamori Pons. And so with that in mind, we might want to look to hold on to him. Is there anyone else that makes sense to maybe try to make a trade? Meek Beasley is happy or he's satisfied. Uh, Josh Okogie's a little upset, and that's because Jarrett Culver's actually passed him at this point in terms of development. Uh, Denny Avdia is, so I'm not sorry, he's uneasy, and uh, Desmond Bain is still upset. Desmond Bain has been mad since the day we signed him because he just doesn't play that much. 
So, I mean, it is what it is. Our two-way prospect is upset, which makes no sense because, dude, you're a two-way prospect, and you're still in the 60s. You're not good. Uh, Paul Reed is – you know what I like about Paul Reed in this simulation is he's not getting a lot of playing time, and he's not upset. He's just going through the motions, and he's getting the job done, which I appreciate. You have uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. He has been replaced by Isaiah Todd, and he is restless. Sorry, man. You, you know, not everyone's meant to be a starter. And then you have our centers – Carl Towns, obviously, is uh, he's fine. So he's one of those guys that obviously wants to win, and we're not doing that at a high level. So he's not happy. And then Marcus Bolden is actually uneasy. Well, sorry, man. You know what? You're the backup center. Deal with it. Uh, you had one good season in the G League, and now you're expecting us to play all the time. So here we go, jumping in to the end of the season. What are our thoughts? What are we going to do as the you know trade deadline passes and then uh, the team looks to uh, continue to prove in the second half of the season? Time will tell in that. We did just start the second half of the season with a win against the number one team in the league. I mean, that's one way to start it. We shall see. We're going to come back at you at the end of the season and go from there. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and this is The Howl. The season did not really go as planned. Only one game improvement. Uh, 37 and 45 is the record. And we look at the uh, superlatives quick. Giannis is your MVP. Cade Cunningham is Rookie of the Year. No shock there. Lonzo Ball is your sixth man of the year. We have Defensive Player of the Year, Anthony Davis. And Dennis Smith Jr. is your most improved player. Coach of the Year is Mike Budenholzer. Let's take a look at the All-NBA teams here. And let's see. So All-NBA 1, 2. Carl Towns does make third team. Anyone make All-Defensive? Nope. But we do have uh, Shamori Pons actually makes the All-Rookie first team. And All-Rookie second team is Marcus Bolden. So maybe we do have to try to keep these guys on the squad. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, what direction we go with those two players. So we are going to uh, simulate through this, uh, the end of the season, go through the playoffs, and then uh, after that we are going to probably just simulate through the actual offseason as well, and we'll just come back at you with a, a look at what the roster looks like and then just do a quick sim through one final season, see how that goes. And I think there's a good chance we'll probably come back to this next week when we can really uh, dive a little more deep into these guys' careers because it's still relatively early. So we will see what happens with that. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are The Howl. All right, so we have made a number of changes to the roster. We'll go over uh, position by position. So we have D'Angelo Russell, Shamori Pons, and Tyrell Terry. Shamori Pons, unfortunately, we only have for one more season, it looks like, although I've said that a few times now, but it is just the one-year qualifying offer. And then to make room for draft picks and other players, we did trade Jordan McLaughlin away. Shooting guards, we still just have Malik Beasley listed there, although we do have other players that do qualify uh, as part of uh, being, uh, you know, multi-positional. And then, of course, uh, our small forwards, Jarrett Culver, Josh Okogie, Denny Avdia, Desmond Bain, and uh, a few others. We actually drafted Marjan Bochamp and Trey Patterson in this draft. And then we have two-way prospects, Robert Knight and Murray Harvey. Looking at the power forwards, we have Isaiah Todd and Paul Reed. And then centers, we have Carl Towns, Marquise Bolden, who again signed a one-year qualifying offer deal and then hunter dickinson was one of our rookies we got in the second round so i'm very pleased with the depth of this team and i think we got a pretty good shot of uh putting together a pretty good season i have said that a few times now though in this uh, simulation and so we'll see if this is the year maybe this is the year where the team takes that next step you know 36 wins 37 wins Let's get to, gosh, get me 40 to 45 wins. Make the playoffs. I don't think that's too much to ask, although a slow start to the season as we start off 0-2. But we'll see what happens. Uh, 
lots of season left, and we'll come back at you at the trade deadline and then go into the end of this last season for this week's edition of The Howl. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Channel. All right, very solid. I would say a, a pretty good uh, a season. You know, 36 wins to 37. How about this? 49 wins. Very impressive 12-game jump. Let's take a look at the superlatives. We have Giannis as your MVP. Rookie of the year is Patrick Baldwin. Sixth man of the year is Lonzo again. You have uh, defensive player of the year, Giannis, and most improved is Brandon Boston Jr. And coach of the year is Mike Malone. Taking a look at the all-NBA teams here, and do we have a... Ooh, nope, Towns does not make it, unfortunately. So let's take a look at the defensive teams. And nope, nobody made it for the Wolves there either. And I don't think we had any rookies that would have played enough, so that did not make the list either there. And we are the three seed in the West. How about that? Pretty, pretty impressive. And uh, let's let's take a look here and see what happens as we simulate round number one. We are actually down one game to zero. One, one, we tie it back up. Going into the next two, one, we're up. Come on, three, one, and let's make it to that second round. Three, two, as Sacramento's trying to come back, but four, two, we do take it. Let's take a look and see at some of the players that played well for us. Uh, Tyrell Terry was solid. You had Denny, Abdi- uh, Denny Avdia. And let's see here, uh, some very good games from both Towns and Russell. So a lot to like. Uh, team is doing well. Now we're taking on the seven-seed Phoenix Suns here in the second round. We are the three-seed again. Here we go, simulating the round. 1-0 us, 1-1 as they tie it back up. 2-1, we take the lead. 3-1, and can we move on? 4-1, that's just it. Moving to the Western Conference Finals, taking on the number one overall seed in the West, and that is the Denver Nuggets. This could be a tough matchup. Very, very good team over there in Denver. And here we go. 1-0, we are down. 2-0, we are down. 2-1, can we fight back? 2-2, 3-2, we're down. 3-3, oh, we took it to seven games, and we lost it there, unfortunately, but a very solid effort. And how about that? Looking at this draft class, we talked about it. And Tyrell Terry, by the way, 21 points, two rebounds, four assists, three steals, just a single turnover, three of five from three-point range. A lot to like from him. 12 points, five rebounds, nine assists, a steal, a block for Denny Avdia. So many good things we're getting from a lot of these players. Uh, we really didn't actually get to see Desmond Bain or Paul Reed as the way this draft class was set up. They're considered to be a little bit more project-type players, and so it's taken a little longer to get them going. But a part of the issue, too, has been that we had some really good play from guys like Shamori Pons, uh, Isaiah Todd, as well as Marcus Bolden. And so that kind of set back those players and their development, or at least they're, they're getting actual minutes. But overall... I would say this was a complete success, and we'll definitely come back to this probably next week and dive in a little bit further. Now, you've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. We are the Howl, and if you missed any of this week's show on Dash Radio, make sure you check us out anywhere podcasts are found. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And until next week, let me get a howl. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves.
Minnesota Timberwolves are going to the Western Conference Finals. Happy birthday, Kevin Garnett. I'm excited to be here. With that being said, you know, I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does. Wiggins drives it. 